At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let me tell you about American Giant. American Giant is this great company. I just, I love their founder. Um, uh, He's a guy who wants to change America and strengthen America. And he's trying to return jobs here to America. When a um, uh, a mill was going out, a, a factory that made American clothing, going out of business, he bought it retrained everybody, brought back the old machines that back in the 60s and 70s used to make the great American sweatshirt. He brought them. They had been sold to, I think, Japan. He repaired them, brought them back, and then trained everybody on them. They make the best sweatshirts. They make really great clothing. The cotton, the ink, the zippers, everything made here in America and assembled here in America. 100% American. And it's quality that will last generations. Buy today at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. If you're looking for a great uh, Christmas present for somebody in the family, or maybe, I mean, a little something for yourself, American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Go there now. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. All right. We begin the uh, show here in just a couple of minutes. Stand by. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. There's another debate tonight. And really good news, Chris Christie qualified. <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah, they are for it. Uh, we're gonna talk to uh, Alex um, Epstein here in just a second about COP28. I-, I can't take the the insanity that is coming out from these global quote leaders that are telling us that we need to abolish all coal. How many people have to die? Before uh, we all recognize, ah, that's a really bad idea. Uh, we'll talk to him. He's from the Center for Industrial Progress and founder and president and 
the author of a great book called Fossil uh, Future. We'll talk to him in just about 60 seconds. Stand by. It's the Christmas and holiday season, and it's time for gift-giving parties, friends, family, getting compliments everywhere you go, and looking years younger thanks to GenuCell. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is better than 70% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself or maybe a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. Troubling uh, forehead wrinkles and fine lines and skin redness and pesky bags and puffiness and even a sagging jawline can disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. And with its immediate effects, you will see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. So there's no risk here. Give it a shot. Plus, included in every most popular package is your free serum for skin hydration. Uh, This year for the holidays, you can truly give the gift that keeps on giving both to yourself and to those you love. Or even, honestly, if you hate them too. I mean, skincare is for everybody. Uh, Don't wait. These deals are going to be uh, around just for a short, limited time. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck. Enter the code Beck. You get an additional 10% off your entire order. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping for the holidays. GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Wow, that was great, Stu. Thank you oh, so much. I wanted to wait for, for the that. people to sing. No, they were really, singing. No, it was really great. Thank it you. was really great. You're, yeah, they uh, were singing. They were saying, stand up. It's a reason why you're in the hollow. Oh, wait a minute. You didn't make it. Mm. Uh, Alec, uh, Alex Epstein is uh, with us. <laughs> I wasn't even nominated. From the. Uh, <laughs> it's an honor it's to not, be. It's just, not Susan Lucci yeah, for me. No, They're just huh? like, no. No. <laughs> uh, Center for Industrial Progress, founder and president, and uh, author of Fossil Future. Uh, He's been watching COP28, which, uh, you know, I didn't see one through 27, so I I didn't really get it. But we wanted to have him come in and uh, (laughs) fill us in. It's getting more and more insane, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what's been your kind of observation just looking at it from headlines? I'm curious. Um, My observation is the arrogance is getting out of control there. The... um, the attitude of the little people must be tamed is is sickening yeah i mean it's it's you see these calls i was just reading this morning they're considering the draft language so just just so people know so cop stands for conference of the parties and it's what's it's part of what's called the united nations framework concerning climate change they have all these acronyms mm-hmm. and everything like that and then the science allegedly scientific basis of this is called the ipcc intergovernmental panel on climate change And this is really the epicenter of the net zero movement. This is where they convene every year. And they always say the same thing, which is we did a a decent job restricting fossil fuels, but we really didn't do enough. So this year we really have to finish the job. And so they start arguing and everyone starts out by saying we should get rid of fossil fuels. That's the starting point. And then some remotely sane people kind of <laughs> mitigate it. But it still ends up with a totally evil, in my view, conclusion. Yeah. But it's but right now, they're literally considering that something that says a just and orderly phase out of fossil fuels. That's one option. The second one is... What's a just yeah. and orderly? Is well, that like the like America should get rid of it first? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's... Yeah, so that's, that's the kind of... Uh, That's the one that's getting headlines right now because the leaders want that. And it's really perverse because the, the, the only legitimacy to it is they're recognizing, wait a second, it doesn't make sense for undeveloped countries and developing countries to have net zero policies. They're already a net zero. That's right. their problem. Yeah, right. Right. That's that's the issue. <laughs> mm. But but then there's this. And, and so some African nations are standing up and saying, hey, it's good for us to use fossil fuels. 
And some are saying it's good for the world too. But then there's this movement, which is often like climate justice or climate reparations, where they say, no, 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 Mm -hmm. Africa gets to use fossil fuels. And then the US needs to stop using fossil fuels, you know, by 2030, which can you imagine a worse thing for the world for all the developed economies to be destroyed? That is not going to help anybody. So it's still just this murderous movement. And and the key to it is fossil fuel benefit denial. They just ignore the benefits of fossil fuels. They say, we don't like the side effects of fossil fuels on climate, but they ignore the benefits. And it's just, it's exactly as if you had an antibiotics conference and they just said, let's get rid of antibiotics. We don't like the side effects. It's like, Okay, but that's going to kill billions of people. They're like, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're just against antibiotic side effects. So mm-hmm. tell me what a world looks like without fossil fuels. I mean, there's you can't describe it to people like the, the destruction of it, because it would be literally like, let's take their timetable of 2050, which, you know, this is something, this is not an obscure view. This is literally the most popular political idea in the world. I mean, that truly, that we should be net zero by 2050. So that means rapidly eliminate almost all fossil fuel use. We could talk about some of the oil companies are pretending you can capture all the CO2 by 2050. Mm-hmm. That definitely is not true. We could we could talk about that. So it means rapidly eliminate fossil fuels, but fossil fuels are 80% of the world's energy. Uh, they're still growing because they're uniquely cost effective. That's why China is building 300 new coal plants, despite you know all the hostility toward fossil right. fuels. So if you get rid of the most cost effective source of energy in a world where most people use very little energy, and energy is absolutely a requirement for people to survive, let alone flourish, because it allows us to use machines versus using manual labor. That's just the apocalypse. Like just agriculture, we depend on diesel fuel for machinery and we depend on natural gas for fertilizer. We cannot feed 8 billion people without that. And these monsters are discussing eliminating fossil fuels full stop, and they're just not thinking about this. I have to tell you, I, I was watching yesterday. I happened to be standing uh, waiting for something. I stood outside, and there was this uh, big, uh, what do you call those? You know, the diggers with the big claws. Excavators. Excavators, yeah. And, and uh, thank you. And Hall of Fame. Remind, <laughs> reminder, he's in the Hall of Fame. And, I, and I'm, I'm watching that, and I'm like, this is the greatest boy job ever. I mean, that, I mean, I still, you know, at almost 60, I'm like, I want that job. Um, but I just, I sat there and I watched it and I thought, oh, that's going to work with battery power. That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there will be nothing. There will be nothing that is working. And if you get rid of fossil fuels, how do you charge the batteries? So it's, I think it's important, once you start asking these questions, I think you realize a broader point of mine, which is that the green movement and the green energy movement, they're not an attempt to replace fossil fuels with right. better energy. It's There's a deep hostility toward energy as such, because their focus is, let's, let's protect the planet from human impact. That's their basic thing. Human impact is evil, let's protect the planet from it. But if you hate human impact, you have to hate energy, because energy is impact. That's what we do with energy. Is we impact the planet that's the, like we make machines we, we spent thousands of years trying to come up with a way to create energy thousands of years we, we were starving impact. It's, right. it's we were starving to death <laughs> freezing to death every species wants impact except modern environmentalist humans right mm. how do you convince these dolts <laughs> That this is just this is suicide. You know, I I don't understand. I I mean, I do understand that people like John Kerry, they'll be able to have access to everything they need. But these people who are out in the streets picketing, and I mean, are they really that stupid? Have they not 
done the math on this at all? Well, I think I think so. Some people are truly anti-human, but I don't think that's most people. I think most people, they've just they haven't even realized that they've been taught to think of something in a totally biased way. Again, ignoring all the benefits of fossil fuels and only looking at the negative side effects. So one thing I do is I just point that out. Hey, with any technology, we need to be even handed. Look at both benefits and side effects. And then you need to educate them because, for instance, people don't know that fossil fuels are uniquely cost effective. They're taught the fiction that fossil fuels can be rapidly replaced by solar and wind. Yeah, right. They're also taught that our Those climate- Those are people without solar or wind power in, at yeah. their house. So, so one of the things, you know, I have this book, Fossil Future, but also a free website, energytalkingpoints.com, and people can search any topic there and they can get very concise, well-referenced points. Uh, and that's helping people educate their friends and family. So if you're, you know, you're having discussions during Christmas, just go to energytalkingpoints.com and you can search like solar and wind and you, you can learn the truth about it. It's not too hard to explain, but the, you know, the mass media and educational system have just totally made people ignorant. So when they say no more fossil fuels, does that mean no more drilling for it either? Right. Well, it's actually worse than that because they, they make the well because so the no more fossil fuels is essentially a we're going to stuff people down the oil wells to replace the dinosaurs. Well, well, but they what they do is they make this 2050 target for we have to be net zero, which means we can't add any more CO2 to the atmosphere uh, by by 2050, which I think would be the apocalypse if that's mm -hmm. if that's what you do. But then what they do in the meantime is they say. Um, it's not like that happens in 2050. They say, well, we need to ban, for example, natural gas infrastructure. So Markey out of uh, Markey out of uh, Massachusetts, the senator, like he led this push to say no new natural gas infrastructure. He said we committed <sighs> to no new natural gas infrastructure by end of 2022. So we should do it. I'm thinking, wait a second, have you witnessed Europe? Like Europe is afraid of winter now, like it's Game of Thrones, right? right? There's a shortage of gas in the world. Like Russia invades Ukraine. Everyone is desperate for gas. Bangladesh can't, is having blackouts because they don't have enough gas. And your solution is no new natural gas infrastructure. And also they think they don't understand oil and gas deplete. So you constantly need to build new stuff. Otherwise, you can't even stay at your current level, let alone the larger level that people need around right, the world. Right. So, but what I'm asking is, there are other uses for oil. Yeah. Um, you know, it's our synthetics for our clothing and everything else that yeah. comes from oil, the capsules of our drugs. What is... Are some, they some, saying stop some, all some, that, Well, too? some of them say, like, oh, we can do it for that, but... That that whole industry is dependent on using it for energy. It's not like it's going to be a totally different it's thing. it's a byproduct. Yeah, so it's... um. I mean, but the point is the green people are not thinking about energy. Energy is not their focus. Protecting the planet from humans is their focus. So every time you bring up these rational things, it's true, but they're not thinking about that. That's not what they care about. And in a, in a sense, I talk about this in chapter three of Fossil Future. In a sense, the, the benefits of fossil fuels are the problem because they, the benefits of fossil fuels allow the human race to expand, for us to have 8 billion people, for us to have a lot of impact. And a lot of these guys say explicitly, we should have 1 billion people or less. Now think about what that implies mm. in terms of any kind of near-term action. How do you get 8 billion people to 1 billion people? They die. Yeah, and you got to make them die somehow. It is, it's so anti-human. You know, the, the especially when when John Kerry said at, at COP28, what, a couple of days ago, that he just he just gets enraged when he sees people 
who should be responsible in leading other people and they don't understand we can't build another coal fire plant we got to get rid of them i think to myself first of all who are you to decide who lives and dies because that's that's really what it is and the arrogance of your of of your position is just it's crazy, crazy dangerous. I, I, I mean, I, I think the coal thing is particularly scary because everyone is piling on coal. And just if, if people, I mentioned energytalkingpoints.com, if you just search electricity emergency, here's the state that we have right now. So we have a grid where we're artificially increasing demand for reliable electricity through EVs, right? And other and trying to ban gas stoves. This in California where I live, this is the worst, but it's it's happening everywhere. And then we're artificially decreasing the supply by shutting down coal plants, natural gas plants, and right. nuclear plants. So we have that already. We already have an emergency where, look at what happens in Texas. You guys have daily emergency alerts right throughout the summer. Like your power company doesn't provide power. They tell you not to use power. That's a bad sign for the power company. Right. And, and it was never like that in Texas. And in this environment, coal plants are protecting us from the abyss. This is a baseload source of power. It's reliable. We've shut down way too many without a viable replacement. And what does our administration do representing us on the international stage? They say we're going to shut down the rest of them as quickly as possible. If they do that, we lose 20% of our reliable capacity or more. How long before the whole country is in rolling blackouts? I mean, it just depends because we, we have this EPA that's just, again, they have no contemplation of the benefits of fossil fuels or reliable electricity. They're just focused on let's eliminate any emission we can. So it's hard to say. But when you see the emergency alerts, that means you have shortages. And it also means you have industrial blackouts. It means that industrial customers are having their power cut off. That happens before like a blackout is an accident. But the shortages are what you want to watch for, because that means that you don't have enough power. So we have shortages. And all of these plans to decrease the supply. I think when I, I talk to a lot of politicians, this is one of the things I tell them, like, this is the existential thing you need to watch out for. And because the coal industry is so small and has a small lobby, you're not getting enough information about it. The oil and gas people are not on. I mean, they do a lot of good stuff. They're not on top of this enough. And there's some hostility toward coal sometimes. But like these coal plants, you do not want to shut these things down. We do not have the natural gas capacity that we're building. The natural gas infrastructure isn't built for electricity yet. We need a lot more gas pipelines. Uh, we need to do a lot more stuff in gas. But shutting down coal is, is it, right now is a terrible, terrible idea. All right. More in just a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's uh, Preborn. This is a time of the year when we think about giving gifts. Um, there's no better gift than giving the gift of life. 200 times a day in this country, the Ministry of Preborn is introducing an unborn baby to his or her expectant mom. Through the miracle of free ultrasounds, they meet that child, they hear the heartbeat, and, and it all happens because of you know uh, people like you who are donating 28 bucks. That's the cause of an ultrasound. That's the price of an ultrasound. And the effect of it is when a mom hears the baby, the heartbeat, and sees the baby, she doubles the chances of choosing life. And then they go a step further because 60-some percent of, uh, of uh, all moms that have had an abortion say that they wish they hadn't, but they just didn't feel like they had any support. They didn't have the money, etc. So what are we doing? We can't just save the baby. We also have to help the mom, and that's what preborn does. 
for the first two years, they provide all kinds of stuff for mom and the baby. And I've seen it firsthand, the relationship between preborn in these clinics uh, and the moms after years of being with them. If you'd like to be a part of this, donate at uh, pound 250. Just say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or you can donate online at preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck, sponsored by Preborn. 10 seconds, station ID. So have you done any work on the... Um, we're talking to Alex uh, Epstein. He is um, the author of Fossil Future, and he's with the uh, Center for Industrial Progress. He's, uh, I think, the leading voice against uh, climate change. Um, uh, climate catastrophism. Yeah. 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 I can't stop the change. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so um, have you done much on the Inflation Reduction Act? And, oh, yeah. And how we are paying people to dismantle these coal plants? Oh, yeah. So again, I keep plugging energytalkingpoints.com. If you search IRA or Inflation Reduction Act, I think we have the most comprehensive analysis. So we could talk a lot about it. I mean, I called it at the time the Mansion Green New Deal. Yeah. Because it was, you know, Mansion had stood up against various iterations of this. And I think substantively, this was the same basic idea as the Green New Deal in terms of we're going to restrict fossil fuels. And then we're going to subsidize and man in various ways prop up this green energies stuff. And it's just been it's been a total disaster. I mean, if you look at the you know the projected costs went from like a couple hundred billion dollars, which is also terrible, to like a trillion dollars per decade. One thing people don't know is it has no end date. Like it has the subsidies have no end date because they say it's either 2032 or when we reduce our emissions by 75 percent, whichever comes last. Well, even according to the Biden administration, we're not going to have that by 2050. So it just means this endless parade of subsidies. And what this is doing is it's in different ways, forcing more and more unreliable solar and wind on the grid and trying to get rid of coal at a time when we, when we need reliable electricity more how, than ever. How is the where's the disconnect um, in people's heads between I'm buying an electric car, I want an electric car and the idea that we're making less energy uh, and we don't even have the grid. The way our grid is now, it is not capable of carrying that much electricity. I mean, I think we need to, I think it's a pretty easy to connect to make. It's just, the, there's often this stuff where people don't have something pointed out. And so they're just not thinking about it because they're just taught not to think about it. But if you point it out, it's pretty simple. That's why I say, hey, look, we're increasing the demand for reliable electricity and we're decreasing the supply. Isn't that, a, and we're talking about drastically decreasing the supply more. Isn't that a problem? Most people will say, yes. I mean, this came up in the uh, Newsom, I don't know if you saw the Newsom-DeSantis debate. Mm -hmm. I thought DeSantis had a really good point, which is a point that I make a lot, uh, particularly being a Californian, which is this point about, well, Governor Newsom announced hey, no more internal combustion engine, right? And then six days later, you know, you have to use EVs. And six days later, California told us, don't charge your EVs. We don't have enough right. power. That's at like 10% penetration, right? <laughs> what is it like at 60% and 70%? And we're, we keep shutting down our, our reliable plants. All right, more in just a second. I want to talk to you about the candidates. Which candidate do you think is best to stop all of this? We'll do that in just a minute. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. If you haven't, uh, if, you, if you don't have rough greens yet for your dog, let me tell you something. Your dog's missing out. And, you know, that's 
I mean, that's fine as long as he doesn't hear about it and turn on you. But if he hears that he could have been eating healthier, tastier food, you know, if his uh, his pet human uh, would have been listening, you know, I mean, he might get a little upset and they have teeth. So I'm not going to tell him, but some of the other dogs in the neighborhood might. You might want to uh, put Rough Greens on his kibble food. Rough Greens, not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food. Brown food, it's been cooked out. There's nothing alive in it. No probiotics, nothing. Um, it's really empty food. Uh, and uh, that's just because the government wants it to be able to sit on the shelf for, you know, two to three years. It's wonderful stuff. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal. You just go to ruffgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN33. They're going to send you the first trial bag free. You just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN33. 833-GLEN33. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glen and subscribe. Use the promo code Glen Plus. You'll save 30 bucks. Wow, we're with uh, Alex Sepstein, and he is sitting here in the studio, and he has the guts to try to say that climate-related emergency, climate emergency deaths uh, are down. Wow, how dare I he? Mean, how dare he? I mean, we all know. We listen to the politicians and, and uh, all of the people at COP28. We all know that climate deaths are are through the roof now. Well, it's interesting because usually they just avoid that subject. If you look at the rhetoric, what they'll do usually is they'll just use anecdotes, right? So they'll say like 50 people died in Pakistan. This is unprecedented. And you're like, no, wait, actually, <laughs> many, many more people used to die in Pakistan. And in general, deaths used to be 50 times what they are today. Interestingly, Hillary Clinton had the goal this year to say, we're, we just started studying climate-related deaths and we're finding that they're going up. I'm like, wait, we have records going back a long time. Right. We have records of, you know, millions of people dying in a given year, like 100 years ago from drought. And specifically, she said, and we know the biggest cause of climate death is heat death. And this is news to me and to everyone who knows anything, because on every continent, <laughs> <And> Russia, <laughs> yeah, on every continent, even the African continent, uh, cold related deaths exceed heat related deaths. So overall, it's something like an eight to one ratio. So for most people, the planet is too cold. Also, by the way, warming occurs more in colder places than in warm places, so it tends to even save more lives. So, but she's just, I'm glad she's bringing this up because it's so easily refuted, but it, uh, they're finally bringing up the issue of death, which they've evaded for years because the numbers don't support them. I believe it's in your book, Alex, where they've never put this, the graph that you have, and you've shown 98% drop in climate-related deaths. They've never put that in an IPCC report. No. Right? And, and and like that to me is so revealing. Fundamentally, what are we talking about here? With all these things put together, the main thing we're trying to prevent are climate-related deaths. So that would be the number one graph to show in a report about the climate, and there right? And th there are thousands of pages of reports. So no. they don't even talk about the rate of climate death, because, let alone mo this graphic, which is taken from mainstream data because they don't want to do it. They also mention zero times any climate-related benefits of fossil fuels. Which is odd, because one of the main things we do with fossil fuels is protect ourselves from climate. Like, think about irrigation powered by fossil mm -hmm. fuels. Eva uh, air conditioning. Crop transport, air conditioning, he heating. Like, 
I mean, so many ways in which we use fossil fuels take the naturally dangerous climate and make us unnaturally safe. And if you're interested in the future of climate danger, you can't ignore the benefits of fossil fuels because your your level of mastery over climate determines what's dangerous. Correct. Right. It's like heat and cold. Like in the United States, we have every climate imaginable and we can live to 80 in every state easily because we're masters of climate. So that's what the whole world should do. If you care about climate livability and avoiding climate danger, just have enough energy so you can deal with any climate. It's very you simple. Can, you can live comfortably. I mean, you know, uh, in Minnesota and you can live comfortably in Arizona. You you I mean, you had to chop a lot of wood to live <laughs> in uh, Minnesota and you couldn't live in Arizona. You just couldn't have done it. Yeah, I, I, Nobody lived there until air, air conditioning. It was very few that would actually move down there. Look at what cities are thriving right now. And that's all because of air conditioning. And yesterday I saw uh, a story from COP28 where they're saying, got to get rid of air conditioning, too. I find that's the most revealing. Like their their whole thesis is we're worried about the earth is getting too warm. So let's ban air conditioning. That's that's the that's the philosophy. And you see, it shows the anti-humanism because what it shows is even by their own view of the problem, they're against any solution that protects us. It, they're, they're just against anything. And even if you ask, like, they're against the idea of capturing CO2 from fossil fuels, usually, which I don't think you can do that efficiently on a global scale, but it's revealing. And they're also against what they call geoengineering, which is at some point cooling the earth like i believe if we if we actually faced a warming crisis which we don't but you should explore are there any macro things you can do you know volcanoes cool the earth but they're like no that's that's the thing they want us to always withdraw our impact they don't want us to cause any problem and then solve the problem with more impact and technology they just want us to withdraw impact and technology so is the air conditioning thing targeted towards really the united states more than anybody else because you go over to europe you know they don't use ice cubes and <laughs> generally speaking they don't have you know central air we are big on air conditioning well you can think of it as it's targeting us or you could think of it as it's targeting people improving their lives both ways it's really bad because you want air conditioning because what they do is their whole focus is let's eliminate human impact and particularly uh, the impact, uh, particularly eliminate CO2. And so what they do is they just categorize human activities, not by how good they are for human life. Who cares about that, right? We're focused on the climate. They categorize them by how much impact do they have. And they say, hey, you know what? Air conditioning uses a lot of energy. So if we want to reach our goal, we got to stop doing air conditioning. When did they stop teaching trees breathe in <laughs> as we breathe out? That's, when I was a kid, they, I mean, we knew it's this great circle Trees breathe in what we exhale and create what we inhale. Well, yeah. So what that means is more CO2 generally means more plant growth. Correct. Uh, we still, so some of the CO2 gets absorbed by trees and some gets absorbed by the oceans and some we put still have more in the atmosphere than we used to. But I look at all this from a humanistic perspective. Just, hey, is the world today with more CO2 in the atmosphere, more plant life, and more, most importantly, more energy, is that a better world than the energy-starved world of 100 or 200 years ago. And it's better in every respect, including climate. I yet have I have yet to meet one green activist who would prefer to live in the supposedly perfect climate yep. of 1850. Right, <laughs> right. Because they would freeze to death or yeah. burn or, or yeah. heat to death because they didn't have any mastery over it. 
Um, let's talk about the uh, candidates. Tonight is uh, the, uh, the Republican debate. Um, we have four people, unfortunately, on stage and one that is not going to be there, Donald Trump. When you look at, I'm, I'm sure you've talked to most, if not all, of the candidates or at least their, their surrogates. Um, who is the best, who has the best understanding of this? Uh, and who do you think is the most serious about stopping this kind of nonsense? So for once, I'm a little hesitant to say stuff because I, I advise kind of a lot of different offices and campaigns and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm trying to get everyone to use what yes. I'm advocating. Um, I think, I'll, but I'll talk about what people have said publicly. So I think all of them, Christie is actually the one I know least in terms of, of his views, but he seems decent on it. Um, the ones who've been the most of, of the people tonight, the ones who've been most outspoken and, and using the kind of line, I think. So Haley, I don't, disagree with much of what she said, but I just haven't heard her say much about it. Um, DeSantis and uh, Vivek. So Vivek has definitely been the most outspoken about this issue of climate death. He's really popularized this statistic yep. of 98% decline. And he has a really good understanding of it. I mean, he's publicly, uh, this is not me giving away anything. He's publicly said like he's read Fossil Future. He's been very influenced by it. You know, he's an intellectual right. guy. Right. I think he really gets it. And it's been exciting to see him on networks that would never have me like NBC making these points. Mm -hmm. So that's been a great thing. He's also, I think, ha is in favor of energy freedom, you know, dramatically reducing the administrative state. Um, DeSantis has been really good as well in his, his opening energy speech in Midland. Like he specifically mentioned 98% decline in climate disaster deaths. Uh, you know, in his debate with Newsom, he talked about the evil of government dictated green energy, which is a term that I use and I, I encourage others to use. Uh, he's for energy freedom. So I think, um, I think those two are both doing well. I think in general, the Republicans, and I take some credit for this have done are better on energy than they used to be if you look mm -hmm. at like the 2012 debates 2016 debates even the platforms have gotten way way better i mean almost it's it's almost hard to criticize any of them vehemently whereas that was very easy what what years ago when did you become when did you become an unwashed heathen to the mainstream media <laughs> what does that well, mean <laughs> well you were i mean you were a big deal to the left um, because you believe in, you know, climate change, et cetera, et cetera, but you don't believe in the solutions. And if I remember right, you were, a you were beloved, you know? No, 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 no. You remember wrong. I was never <laughs> beloved. Uh, not, not by, not by the mainstream media. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in sort of like a left wing kind of environment as a kid. I grew up in Chevy Chase, Maryland, but I wasn't in the media back then or anything. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. So, I mean, now I'm, I'm down, I'm definitely at the peak of my prominence and and it still has I, mean, I get look I get a lot of exposure but I've never been interviewed by CNN I've never been interviewed by MSNBC mm -hmm. and I am the most willing guy in the world to debate anyone right. so it's certainly not my issue I haven't been on NPR I guess I've been on the BBC before but like hey if anyone is watching from there I'm more than happy to be on there but in the meantime they won't have you on. at least other people it's great when presidential candidates and politicians are making these points because they can't, those networks can't avoid them. So that was exciting about seeing Vivek is like, oh, he's making these points and they have to have him on. Is this turning with the um, next generation? Is, are you seeing real growth of, I don't know, intelligence? 
it's, it's hard to make macro statements. I mean, I'm seeing in my world the uh, significant proliferation of young people who are saying this. So in terms of the influencer side, mm-hmm. and a lot of my focus is on, this is why I have energytalkingpoints.com and, and basically giving everyone the building blocks. I mean, Stu is a great example. Like Stu's become really articulate on these yeah. things and really knowledgeable. That's and quite the, an accomplishment the, by you to make me articulate uh, on anything. <laughs> the, I didn't say that, <laughs> but I'd like to emphasize it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like, I like, I really like seeing other people learn the way of thinking, learn the facts, put them together. And then we're seeing young people. I was just in Africa a couple months ago, and there's a young Kenyan guy I've come to befriend and kind of mentor called Jasper Machogu. He has a really good Twitter, if you check him out on Twitter. I, by the way, I don't agree with all of his views on foreign policy, so let's just... But, <laughs> yeah, right. but he is really, really good on energy. We did a video that I'll post soon. But anyway, he's become a really successful activist for African energy freedom. And he really gets it and he can frame the stuff a lot the way that I do. And he knows the facts. And so I just want to, I want, and the other thing is people are starting to see you can actually make a career out of it. When I got into this, believe me, I had no idea that being pro fossil fuels, there was ever any (laughs) notoriety in it, even though in retrospect, it makes sense. Like, oh, you could have planned it. I didn't plan it at all. I just happened to be it. And then people were interested. But now I'm glad if people fall and they say, you know what? You can actually get some positive attention. You can actually get speaking engagements. You can actually sell books. That's great. So I want as I mean, I want to be obsolete. It's part of why I've showed you guys in the background, like I'm making an AI that we'll bring out in a few weeks. Like I want to be obsoleted by the other people and by my own AI. That's great. It's a good goal. It's hard, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, it is. But, uh, you know, there's lots of people that would like you obsolete yeah. on the other side. But, uh, I'm not going that way. You're not going that way. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for uh, being with us again. Um, fossil Fuels, uh, Fossil Future is the name of the book. It's Alex uh, Epstein, and uh, it's always good to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Um, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Legacy Box. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the holidays, there is still time to buy the best Christmas gift ever. It's Legacy Box. It is a simple and safe way to digitize your treasured videotapes, films, reels, photos, and they've helped over a million families do just that. Everything is done by hand right here in the U.S. by a team of professionals who know how uh, important your memories are. They're all done here in the United States. They make the digital copies, uh, and then they they send them right back to you. So you get the originals and you get the digital copies, which are protected from floods and mold and decay of time. Process is really easy and simple. Just send in your legacy box when you're ready, filled with old VHS tapes or camcorder tapes and pictures, and they will digitize them for you. Legacy box, one of the few products that is in stock and ready to ship. Make this holiday season special by giving the gift of memories. Get your family's videotapes converted for just $9 and your photos professionally scanned for as low as $0.07 each during this exclusive last-minute holiday offer from Legacy Box. It's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Go there now. LegacyBox.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. They always make, you know, shooting guns and hitting what you're shooting at look so easy in the movies. Like every time you watch Keanu Reeves and something, it's like, oh, that's easy. You just, fight, you know, just came. That's not the way the real life works. Um, you walk into a gun range thinking he is really shooting like that. 
Is he real? Well, I know he really no, is. No, he is. I'm just saying it's not easy, right? Like, it's not an easy process. You have to work really hard to be that good, you and he does. You know where the trigger is. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the little, it's little curvy thing. thing at the okay, bottom. Okay, yes. yeah, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, you do need more shooting skills, that's for sure. I think everybody can benefit from this, and a great way to do that is the iTarget Cube. The iTarget Cube is fully compatible with your existing laser bullets from iTarget Pro. And you can buy one, you can upgrade to the three-pack for a really unique training experience, and you can practice the shooting drills, the clearing drills, or the random mode uh, to test your ability to react, all while the system times every shot that you make. You can practice alone, you can compete with friends, and because the system works with your home's Wi-Fi, you can place cubes anywhere in your home and practice self-defense scenarios safely without the expense and inconvenience of having to go to the shooting range. If you want all the benefits of staying in practice and none of the drawbacks, iTarget is for you. Right now, you can save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BLAZE10 when you go to iTargetPro.com. comes to the most popular caliber, so you can really train with any firearm. It's the easiest and most cost-effective way to do this. It's iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. The code is BLAZE10. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, the big debates tonight. Woo! RNC sanctioned GOP debate. Yeah. When it's sanctioned by the RNC, you know it's got to be good. Discussions and talking points don't matter outside of that framework. That Only is Only what really the RNC good. approves. Uh, I'm interested in Megan Kelly moderating uh, today. It's going to be a good debate. It's a good group. Yeah, yeah. And the Free Beacon is also the editor-in-chief is going to be. Liliana uh, Johnson. She's there. Yeah. 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 Would you like to just. Well, I just thought, I, I thought you were looking at her name and didn't know how to pronounce it, which is usually Elena the case. Johnson. Oh, okay, well, it's, it's Ileana really... Johnson, so thank you. I was re- proven right in real time. <laughs> I, I love how that happens on the show. Shut up. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good group, and uh, you know, Megan is uh, is kind of the headliner, I guess, of the of the moderation crew. There's one other person, isn't there, Glenn? Is there one other one? I can't remember. But uh, I, I think there's three total moderators. But I'm going to be on with Megan Kelly today on her show. She's uh, talking about this. Marvelous. She is awesome. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited because I, I, I feel like these other debates, there's a lot of problems with them. Yeah. I'm Mainly just, being I, the guy in first place and isn't in them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, having someone who's going to actually ask questions I care about would be nice. I'm disappointed that Chris Christie is going to be in. I mean, I, I'm, I'd like to get it down to the two or three, you know, and then. He just, he just made it. He just made it. And. Yeah, I mean, look, no votes have been cast yet. You know, Rick Santorum was at, what, 4% at this point in, in, yeah. uh, in Iowa back in the day, and he wound up winning Iowa. Uh, I mean, Huckabee was probably not at the top by by now either, and he wound up doing well. I mean, I think there's a... Uh, we get to this rush where we want to get everybody out of it. I, I don't want... I, look, I don't, there's no path for Chris Christie to win the nomination, so that's just frustrating, you know? But, I mean, you can make the point on on... Christie or even Ramaswamy at some level. I don't know what the path is for those two guys, but you know, there's been no votes cast yet. Like if they want to, you know, at some point it, it becomes ridiculous to stay in the race, but I mean, can you, can these guys at least have a couple votes cast before they have to drop out? I don't yeah. know. We are, um, we're starting our coverage tonight at six 30 with, uh, Oh God, I got to do it with you. I'd love to have you on. You want to come on? That would be great. It says with Stu and myself. I I think this is misleading advertising (laughs) because I have no intention of doing it with you. Hmm. And then at 8 o'clock is the the, uh, debate, 8 8 p.m. Eastern. And we're doing some live commentary there? Yeah, we Mm -hmm. are actually able to cover and and carry the actual debate. So we're going to be doing live commentary during it. 
uh, and watching. And then after the debate at 10, we're going to rank how the candidates did and exclusive live Q&A with Blaze TV subscribers. Q&A for subscribers only. You want to be a part of the conversation? Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn Plus at checkout. Get $30 off your one-year Blaze TV Plus subscription. We will see you tonight at the debate only on Blaze TV. The Glenn Beck Program.